Hello, hello. If you are an ambitious female professional who wants to up-level your voice and your confidence, I have a super important announcement that you are not going to want to miss. Right now, enrollment is open for my signature coaching program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy. If you are looking for a simple but powerful step-by-step process to help you learn to speak like an executive and to help you feel more badass and unstoppable deep down inside, this is the program for you. To learn more, head over to jessguzzickcoaching.com slash academy. Enrollment is open through Wednesday, March 20th. That's jessguzzick, J-E-S-S-G-U-Z-I-K, coaching.com slash academy. All right. Let's get on to the episode. Every single person on this planet is special and has a purpose and a uniqueness that they bring to the table that nobody else can bring. And the sooner you learn to embrace that and reveal it, the sooner you're going to catapult yourself to the next level. Welcome to the Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that empowers professional women to rise. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and in this show, I take you undercover into the stories and lessons that I learned, sometimes the hard way, throughout my career. I also talk with working women, leaders, and coaches to show you that no matter what your struggle is and no matter what your career goals are, you already have all the talent that you need to succeed. Oh my gosh, I have a lot of thoughts about introducing this episode and this topic, and I'm so, so excited about it. And I'm just so excited for you to hear the conversation and for you to learn everything that I learned talking with today's guest all about the sound of our voice and the psychology behind our voice and how it impacts how our voice sounds, which is so huge for us in our professional lives as we're trying to speak up boldly and have more presence and figure out how to communicate in ways that feel good and authentic to us. But at the same time, the voice is such a vulnerable thing. And I can tell you that for me, some of my biggest darkest, most horrible struggles around self-confidence actually started with me being very, very afraid of the sound of my voice. And I can't fully go into it in this intro because it would probably take a while, although I'm happy to share more. Please let me know if you'd like to hear more and I can do a solo episode on this. But I spent a lot of my career not liking my voice, not liking how it sounded. I almost didn't start this podcast because I had so much fear around my voice. And one of my absolute favorite things about today's conversation is that it's not about manipulating your voice and melding yourself and trying to make your voice sound like someone or something you're not. Today's conversation is how to access your strongest inner power, your deepest, most authentic sense of self, and how to use that to bring out your voice powerfully and authentically into the world. And I'm all about that. You're going to hear today's guest introduce herself. She is a voice coach, but you will hear how she got there and what kind of work she does. And you're going to learn all sorts of fascinating things about the psychology of the voice. Things like why we're not able to speak in a way that feels and sounds powerful and confident. What is happening when we're shrinking away and our voice is coming out really small and we're feeling super uncomfortable. And you're also going to learn about how society's messaging towards women has made it even harder for us to use our voices authentically and in a way that conveys our own sense of personal power. And you're also going to hear Tracy talk about voice masks and how people hide behind voice masks and they're not speaking in their true authentic voice, which is fascinating to me. 
And she gives tons of tips on how to be captivating and how to connect with your truest, most authentic voice. And the best thing about this is it's not all about being loud and it's not about being the loudest talker or the fastest talker in the room. And in fact, Tracy talks about how sometimes those really loud people who are talking, talking, talking and taking up all the space, sometimes those people are the people that have the biggest voice masks and they're the most afraid to show who they really are. So this is really, really fascinating stuff. And if you're someone who's looking to grow and develop and build your confidence, but authenticity is really, really important for you, as it is to me, then I think you will find a lot of useful information in this episode. I don't want to keep you from it any longer. I hope you are as delighted by Tracy as I was. And with that, let's meet Tracy. Let's learn about her work and hear what she has to tell us about how to strengthen our voices. You know, I do it really different than any other voice coach I've ever met. I go after the driver because I believe that the driver is the problem. The driver is what is putting in the sound. And what we want is a consistent sound. Like, you know, you can bring the words to life, whether you're delivering the phone book or whether you're delivering the most passionate material you've ever talked about. So it's been a fascinating journey. Not at all what I plan to do with my life, but I have loved every single second of it. Clearly my purpose. (laughs) I'm so excited. Your approach is so unique too. It feels very empowering, which is important. Yes. Well, and that's the thing. And it's like, I don't advertise it this way because people wouldn't get it, but it's so much more than voice. It's literally Mm -hmm. about internal transformation and stepping into power, which, you know, is what I love. Oh, yes. And that's also like, you know, I named the show The Art of Speaking Up. And I think in my experience, there was so much fear around having my voice be heard, especially to a group, but even not always to a group in other situations, too. And there's just something so vulnerable, but also powerful about it. Well, it's the most vulnerable tool. It's the most vulnerable thing we have because it is the utmost place of judgment. The mm-hmm. minute you open your mouth, you are subjecting yourself to judgment. Uh, and, and it's the place of vulnerability because it's the voice is the orchestra of the heart. So it's it's a really powerful work. I can't wait to learn about this topic. I'm so curious. All right. So I'll kick us off by asking you to introduce yourself. So tell listeners who you are and what you do and how you got there. Oh, okay. Well, let me try to do the condensed version. (laughs) My name is Tracy Goodwin, and my business is called Captivate the Room. And I'm a voice coach. But what I do and the approach that I take is really interesting and really fascinating. I've actually been doing this work for 28 years. And the irony behind it is this is not at all what I set out to do. But this is clearly my purpose. Because see, the irony is, is I was actually raised in a family where I wasn't allowed to speak. And so everything that I teach, everything that I've worked on my entire career really came from that. I wanted to be an actress and I worked as an actress. And because of a couple of catastrophic events that happened to me when I was in college that were very negative, my my voice started sounding like this. And that was really the beginning of what would become my career. I worked as an actress and I worked as a director, but people kept finding me to coach their voices. And I thought, this is crazy pants. How am I a voice coach? But what I didn't realize was that I was really gifted at being a voice coach, but I was totally Jonah in the belly of the whale. I just ran from it and ran from it, but I studied under the masters in voice coaching. I mean, I've been doing this forever. And little by little, I realized that not only was I gifted in this area, but I loved it. And I had a really unique spin that I created. I created something called the psychology of the voice effect. And so, you know, I I was an actor and I was a director, but then it didn't take too very long before I just started coaching voices all the time. And now I work with people all over the world, everything from finance people to, you know, Hollywood actors to CEOs to podcasters. So in a nutshell, that's that's kind of how it all started. Wow. I think a lot of times when people hear voice coach, they think actors, singers, but that is not your work is not limited to that at all. 
No, no. In fact, I've spent years trying to figure out what to call myself because that's exactly right. The minute you say voice coach, people will literally say to me, oh, I always wanted to learn to sing. And I don't ever, you know, I don't sing. I don't teach with singing or they do. They think actors. And it's, that's a very tiny, tiny part of my business. What I love is transforming the lives of business people and showing them the power of the voice. So I don't know, somebody told me one time I should call myself a voice alchemist. And I thought, well, I kind of like that. And then other people have said, you're not a voice coach, you're voice intuitive. So that's the ongoing struggle. So maybe you can help me while we're here, help me figure out what to call myself. Yes. Naming things is a lot of pressure. I can can say that from experience, but maybe it'll come to us by the end. I feel like the name comes when you stop trying and then it just comes. For sure. Oh, for sure. I love that. (laughs) Before we get deeper into your work, I have to ask you the question that I love asking my guests, which relates to the topic of the show. So this is a professional personal development show. So I love to ask the guest and I want to ask you, what is your thing that you've been working on today? Like, where are you where are you trying to grow or shift? Oh, you know, I'm a I am a professional worker on yourselfer. You know, I spend, I have spent my entire life really recovering in many, many ways from being raised in a family where I wasn't allowed to speak and certainly spent many years finding my own voice. But I think that what I've really realized that I'm working on the most is something very similar to what I'm working on with, with the people that I work with, which is the definition of what is, what is being what everybody wants you to be and that it's okay to have a life you want Mm -hmm. and a life you love and, and allowing the permission to say, you know what? I do deserve that. That's so powerful. And I feel like so essential for us. And it's like the life you want. And also I think closely connected to that is just being yourself. Oh, totally, totally. And that being enough. You know, I think that all of us, and certainly myself, have have lived in this, you know, this incredible standard of what is good enough? What is it supposed to be? What is it, you know, what is the big picture? And it's so far out of reach that I don't know, I don't know that you could ever meet that. And so that realistic, creating that realistic expectation of yourself and, and that being enough, you know? I think that's a I think that's a forever journey and even being a professional I think sometimes we think well golly I can't let everybody know that I'm still working on something because then I might not be good enough then I you know and that was my hang up with voice how could I be a voice coach when I was raised the way I was I felt like a fraud what I didn't understand was that was the gift of purpose like I wouldn't be the voice coach that I am today without that experience. So allowing ourselves to be less than less than this expectation of perfect, I think is so huge. And, I, and I'm still working on it. <laughs> me too. I think we all are. If anyone's right? figured it out, please let me know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's part of the journey, you know, and I, I just said to a client yesterday, I said, if you did everything perfect today, right now, what would you do the rest of your life? Perfect's not even real, but what would you do if it was all the way you wanted it to be right now? You know, I think it's part of the journey. Totally. We would be overcome with boredom. Right. And I am so, so curious to learn more about your work. And I think probably since a lot of people, myself included, don't know that much about the voice, can you give us just a little bit of like the basic building blocks that could help us understand the work that you do, like voice 101, maybe? Sure. And like I said, you know, I take a very different approach. The majority of, of, of when you think of a voice coach, you think of pitch and tonality and breathing and all of those kinds of things, which is a part of it. But what my work has shown me over the years, you know, I kept seeing the same things. I kept seeing people in front of me that were struggling with the same thing. And what I started to notice was there was always a story. There was always an internal driver. You know, I'll give you an example. I remember working with a man named Bill in New York, and this was way before social media and everything. And I had just communicated with him via email. 
And he showed up and I'm, and I met him, had never heard his voice. And I reached out my hand said, Bill, you had a huge guy, football player kind of guy. And I said, Hey, Bill, so nice to meet you. And he went, it's really nice to meet you. And my first question, I don't even know where it came from at the time. I said, Bill, do you have older sisters? And he said, I have six. And what in that moment I discovered was that Bill's experience throughout his life before he was even five shaped how he was going to use his voice the rest of his life. So that led me on this massive research and discovery you know, down this track. And what I discovered is that there is a story. We all have a psychology of the voice story. And that is the driver behind not really using your voice, not using your voice confidently, not speaking up. That subconscious, it's going, it's trying to protect your heart. The voice is the orchestra of the heart. So we have two things we have to look at. What is that inside story? And what is the bad habit that it put in? So another example, let's say somebody doesn't really articulate their sound very well. I'm going to immediately hear there's a jaw problem and I'm going to start asking questions and it's going to come out that their teacher told them to shut up in kindergarten or their brother always gave them a hard time or their mother always said, nobody wants to hear what you have to say. So in my line of work, how I approach voices is I want to rewrite that story because I believe that story is the driver that ultimately leads us to confidence. If you don't believe your voice is worth hearing, we have a problem and we have to look at that. But then we also have to rewrite what it that story put in the muscle memory. Maybe your sound is stuck in the back of your throat. Well, I've got to rewrite your muscle memory so that sound will flow out and flow across the room and touch my heart. So it's an inside job and an outside job in the way that I do it. And what, you know, what the end result is, is what everybody wants, being confident, building stronger connections instantly and captivating the room with your every word. I don't know. Did that answer your question? I geek out on this a little bit. Oh my gosh. It totally answered my question and it's so powerful and I really relate to it. And I've been wondering kind of just from my personal perspective, as you work with people, particularly women, because this is a show centered on women and for women, is is it typical for there to be self-consciousness around the sound of one's voice? Because that that has been, that's been a huge struggle for me. I think it is huge for a lot of people. I think that there are also people that don't have a clue that they're missing the power of what their voice can do. I would say that the majority of the people that come to work with me, they recognize there's an issue with their voice. But what I have found over the years is that there's some people, they really never even thought about it. And that's certainly not a criticism. People aren't walking around realizing the power of their voice. But I'll tell you something that's been really fascinating for me over the years is to see what society has done, especially to women's voices. I think that, you know, I might be able to make the blanket statement that women might be more aware of things going on with their voice than men, but I'm not a hundred percent, not a hundred percent on that. But what, what has happened to women and it has happened to, to men as well, but I believe it's much been much worse on women is the societal, well, you're supposed to be nice. Well, you're supposed to be sweet you know, and you can track this back in literature. I mean, the Little Mermaid had to choose between love and her voice. So I think that there is an awareness, but I'm not sure if people fully understand the implications of what we hear in a voice because we process everything subconsciously and make our decisions by what we hear in a voice. But I do believe that society plays a big part in it. Yeah, I have definitely noticed like just trying to have a nice sounding voice, especially like leading up to this interview, I've been more aware of my voice and like (laughs) hearing it going into like sugary sweet mode in certain situations. I mean, there's there is a lot of unconscious manipulation. I don't want to use the word manipulation, but trying to use your voice to shape how others are perceiving you and how they're feeling about you. Absolutely. And that's the favorite part of my work, I'll be honest with you, is 
what that does. And, you know, you tell me if I'm just going down the, if I get lost in voice land, but what that does, you're spot on. And so we try to be what we think we want other people, you know, what we think other people want us to be. And what happens is we start working behind voice masks. I'm going to put on my people pleaser mask. And when I put on my people pleaser mask, guess what happens? You just put up bulletproof glass. I can see you and I can hear you, but I can no longer touch you. So I can't connect with you anymore. And so people are, are, are everybody working behind these masks without even realizing it. And they're not truly revealing who they are. I remember working with a woman. She was the most passionate woman I think I've ever met. She wasn't getting the jobs. And I instantly said, I'll tell you why you're not getting the jobs. Because you're you're doing it like this, because you don't want to, you know, really reveal who you are because they might not like that. And they're over there thinking, well, she's not passionate enough for our jobs. So see, we, you know, we put these things in place to get a result that we want. And they're the very thing that are keeping us from getting that result. How do we figure out what our authentic voice sounds like? Like, how do we even know what it's supposed to sound like? Boy, that's a million dollar question. I'm not sure. Let me see how I can answer that. You know, I didn't realize until about 10 years ago that I can, that I hear what I hear in a voice. I thought everybody could hear what I can hear. I had no idea that I was literally a voice intuitive and I can tell you how your sound is being processed subconsciously. But I think some of the clues are, do you feel authentic? You know, you like you made a great statement. It's like I've been so aware of what I'm doing with my voice and I find myself being extra sweet or, you know, being nice or doing this or doing that. Those are some clues. With women especially, there's there's two clues. A lot of women, and this is not a criticism because I love everybody and everybody's voices, but, you know, a lot of women will get stuck up here and it goes back to that nice thing. I have to be nice. Okay, if you're stuck in a higher pitch, you are not speaking in your real voice. All right. Does it, does it, does your sound hurt? You know, does it feel like it's stuck in the back of your throat? Are you disconnected? You feel like you're disconnected from your breath. Anything that you're aware of that feels off, chances are good you're not speaking in your real voice. Does it feel like you're having to push your voice out to be heard? Are you having to raise your volume to be heard? Voice should flow out effortlessly. It should be solid. You should feel connected to it. You should be revealing who you really are boldly without fear. So if you're not doing any of those things or you're doing some of those things, chances are good you're not 100% speaking in your real voice. That's so helpful. Something that I've really struggled with a lot is I, I actually got a lot of feedback on my voice. I got feedback on my uptick. I got feedback on my vocal fry. And it made me feel horrible about myself. Aww. And I don't think it, quote unquote, fixed the issue because then I just became so paranoid. And I was like, oh, yeah. am I doing uptick? Am I doing vocal fry? And also... I think sometimes I'm doing it for protection, but there are elements, I do think, of my natural authentic voice that have vocal fry and that have certain kinds of things that our society says women shouldn't do. And it's been really hard for me personally to untangle that and just kind of accept where I want my voice to change and also where I I don't want it to change and where I, I do feel like it's just me. Yeah, so good. So powerful what you just said right there. And I want to nut that out a little bit. And this is where I really love the work because you're right. Oh, you got an uptick. What is that doesn't help. And I don't believe and I'm kind of a I'm kind of a radical about voice, you know. I mean, I'm real clear after all these years in what I believe in in how I believe it works. And I could even fix your uptick, but I believe that the power lies in me telling you how that uptick is processed, which is, why are you asking my permission? And then you can look and say, whoa, why am I asking her permission? If I'm the expert, maybe I need to own that. 
And so that's where we really, that's what I, you know, I mean by looking at that internal driver and that external habit that it put in. Of course, it makes sense for a woman to be asking for permission. Society has said, you've got to. And it goes, and if you don't, then you're a you know what, Mm -hmm. right? So we work in this incredibly tight box. And I think that those labels get really dangerous. You know, I'm going to say that I don't want you to have an uptick because I know how that's processed and I don't think that's powerful. But other things, if they are who you are, and that is truly your real voice, if you really work in a higher pitch and that's really what you do, then that's powerful. If you are owning that and boldly putting that voice out, I've got a friend who she works, she works in a higher voice. I can't even recreate it but that's literally who she is. Hmm. It's not, you you know, you can connect to it. You can, you know, she's captivating. That's what we're looking for. In my opinion, what is the best version of you? I love that. I love that so much. And I think that it's important for people who are giving feedback in the workplace. Cause I know as a young professional female, I received so much feedback not from people like you who have expertise and gifts in this area, but mostly from, you know, older men about Mm. what I should do with my voice. And it made the issues worse because it wasn't addressing the core issue. The core issue was that I didn't feel comfortable. And after those conversations, I didn't feel safe. And so it got even worse because that's what was causing the issue in the first place. And so I don't know if you would agree with this, but my point of view is, Focus on building up someone's confidence. Focus on making them feel strong and secure. Don't tell them to just change their voice. That's a very hard thing to do. Well, and it's impossible to, in my opinion, to approach it, just change your voice. It's just not that easy. So I'm in total agreement. And, you know, if I could sit the whole world down in front of me, you know, to say, look at the inside Look at the internal driver. What? Why is this person sounding like this? Well, they're probably terrified. So what are you doing to make them feel better? I'm in total agreement with that. And I just don't, I just don't approach voice work with, well, let's just fix the outside. You know, people will, people will reach out to me and they'll say, well, should I be warming up my voice? And I told you, I'm a rebel. I'll say, why are you going to work up? Why do you want to warm up what's not working for you? That makes it worse. Hmm. Kind of, you know, kind of like what you're saying. So, yeah, we've got to back up a step and say, why are you not feeling safe? Why are you not feeling confident? And what is it going to take to make you feel confident? Well, what's going to make you feel confident is putting out a different product vocally and getting a different response back. How are you going to do that when somebody's made you even more terrified? You're right. The, the problem is the problem is going to be even worse because you're trying, you know, you're trying to get something right and you don't even know what does that even mean, you know? And so, yeah, that kind of stuff drives me crazy. And I think that everybody that I've ever worked with, by the time they get to me, they're almost traumatized over this kind of stuff. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people, you know, and a lot of it has happened subconsciously. They're really not even aware of it until we start talking about it. And out of nowhere, they'll bust out with, oh my gosh, I remember in middle school, I remember when my science teacher humiliated me in front of the, well, there you go. All it takes is one thing to rewrite your voice story in a negative way. One thing. Yeah. So you can can imagine a lifetime of it. Would it be correct to say that this event happens and then it kind of there's some trauma or there's some unpleasant experience and then the subconscious processes that as not being safe? And so it says, oh, we don't want that to happen again. So when we speak and when you speak, like, let's dial it down. Let's keep you safe. Spot on. In my research, that is exactly what goes down. And most of it, honestly, goes down before you're five. And then the world just builds on it. But literally, you're four years old. Your mother says, not trying, I'm not, you know, saying your mother screwed you up because we don't know. You know, the mother says, Shh, be quiet. Nobody, you're not supposed to talk in church. Your subconscious goal is to protect your heart. 
Its job is to put in your voice. It hears that and immediately says, don't worry, I've got this. And literally starts locking up your jaw or lowering your voice so you never speak loud again or whatever because it's trying to protect you. And then imagine you have teachers, you have friends, you've got the school bully, you go to college, you have bosses, you have coworkers, you have relationships, ding, 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 ding. And then you, and then you're 25 or 30 or 50 or 60. And you're like, you know what? I'm not making the impact that I want to make. And it's literally, that's what it is. And so, but we can, but we can rewrite that story and put something new in the muscle memory. That's the great news, you know, but yeah, you nailed it. That's, that's it exactly. Okay. I want to ask you about rewriting, but just one thought on what you said, I think something that a lot of people struggle with is confidence. And I do believe that there's this pain that women and not just women, but I think my area of interest is the pain that women have experienced in our society that has impacted our confidence. And it sounds like that very same dynamic applies to the voice. It's all these things we experience throughout our lives, accumulating and accumulating. And all of a sudden, just like, you know, it impacts our confidence, our voice isn't sounding the way it could sound. Absolutely. And I think that's where we have to be careful with confidence because I do believe it's a hundred percent an inside job. And I believe that, you know, people can easily toss that. Oh, just be confident. You know, I, I, I have had so many people sit in front of me and they say, well, you know, I just, I know I should just be confident. You know what? It's not that easy in my mind, but what we have to start looking at, we have to really start looking at the internal. And I believe without a shadow of a doubt, you know, I, when I talk about my work, I say, oh, I'm really doing is taking you back to one before the world got in the way. Because I believe everybody comes out of the womb with a beautiful voice, melody and connection and dynamic, even introverts. In fact, I believe it so strongly. I just did a huge research project on it because I still get hung up on that. And I'm going to research everything before I say it's true. And so what it really becomes about is rewriting the story that you've got to move your attention away from that story that says you're going to be judged. You're not going to get it right. The voice is the utmost place of judgment because it's the orchestra of the heart. So we've got to rewrite those stories that keep saying, they're going to think you're stupid. They're not going to like what you say. This is dumb. Why are you even opening your mouth? Because I even interviewed CEOs of corporations and I said, don't you want them to be bold or do you not? And every one of them said, are you kidding me? If I could have every employee walk in and boldly own what they bring to the table, our worlds would change. And so it starts with rewriting that story. Every time that, you know, and this is something I tell my people, every time that story starts about judgment and maybe you shouldn't say that and just be really quiet, move your attention. What is the phrase that you can memorize and say to rewrite that story? Mine was everything is always working out, you know, and I'm no different than anybody I work with. You know, I had to rewrite my story too. But every time that story starts, it says, oh, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to like how, how interesting or bold you actually, I'm pretty amazing or whatever it is and rewrite that inside story and then stepping into the courage. It takes tremendous courage, the work that I do to boldly own what you're going to put out into the world. And the minute you do, you're going to get a different response back. It is literally the fear of something unknown that is keeping you from stepping into that confidence. And as soon as you boldly put something different out, you're going to get that feedback back and that's going to help rewrite that internal story. I don't know. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes a ton of sense. And I think having a phrase or an affirmation that you can come back to, like what you mentioned, it's, I don't know, for me, it's a really good self-soothing technique. It's a really good way to just get into a much calmer, stiller space, even even if I can't believe the words in that moment, there's just something about having them accessible to me that in and of itself can be very comforting. Well, it gets you out of that story 
You know, yeah. it gets you out of that story and out of that feeling in your body like like you can't say it. You know, I literally know people and I'm sure that there's so many of your listeners that are going to be able to relate to this. They physically cannot use their voice. Like they just, I mean, you know, move beyond, I, I don't like my pitch. I've got a lilt. I've got this or that. M- move into, I literally cannot say what I need to say. It is that hard for me. Yeah, I relate to that. I mean, I've been in situations, like if I'm in a situation where I'm uncomfortable, like that's really rattling my confidence, I can feel my body kind of like contract, which obviously makes it so hard to speak. Like I can feel physically something is happening and I don't like it. Well, subconsciously, you know, I'm always trying to improve myself and I'm always trying to improve my work. I've been a lifelong researcher in this work. And not too long ago, I started working with a subconscious reprogrammer because I, because my whole concept is based on subconscious. And I just wanted to see if that would enhance my work a little bit. And one of the most powerful things that I learned was literally when you feel it in your body, there has already been a thought, whether you know it or not, there has already been a thought that said, they're going to think you're stupid, or I can't believe you're saying that, or keep your mouth shut. But literally by going to that phrase and getting out of that spiral of that negative thought, you're going to get that feeling out of your body. And when you have that feeling out of your body, your voice is going to work better. Mm, That makes so much sense to me. And I've seen that. And I think that the point that you made earlier about courage is super important because no matter what, there's going to be a moment where you're going to have to shift out of it. And I think the shift out is where you need to draw on the courage. Like, because I don't know, I've had instances where it's like, the self-doubt and the courage, they're like competing. And it's like, oh, I'm scared, but I want to talk, but I'm scared, but I want to talk. And it's like the only way to get out of that spiral is to be like, I'm going to do it. I'm just doing it. I'm going for it. Love that you said that. And that's so powerful. And I think what happens, and I think that there's so much power in knowing that is the subconscious trying to keep you safe. Uh, uh, Staying in the now is a huge part of getting your voice to work properly. So many people are dragging that time back in 1993 when that boss told me I needed to shut up. It's over. Don't drag that in. Or, but what are they going to think? What, you know, they're in the future. Your power is only in the now. So get, you stop dragging the past, stop getting all out in the future. Know that your subconscious is literally up there going, oh, for the love of everything, you say this, it's over. That's not true trying to protect you. I mean, it's been fascinating working with people. And I will literally have somebody jump on a call and they will cough the whole time they're working with me. And then as soon as they don't see my face anymore, they stop coughing. That's a subconscious. The subconscious literally knows what I'm doing. I am putting them, I am, you know, it can tell. And, or people start getting loud at me and I'm like, okay, volume mask, let's rewrite this. It is protection, protection, protection. But and, and you needed that when you were four or seven. You don't need it at 26. One thing I'm really curious about is, can you tell us a little bit about how power can sound, how someone can sound powerful without mm. being so loud? Because I think there's like this... There's this archetype in the professional world that I've seen where it's like, well, like you're commanding the room and you're loud, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just much more interested in newer archetypes that are much more relatable to all different kinds of people. So I would love to hear your thoughts. Okay. You just hit my game changer. You <laughs> do, okay. I'm about to geek out now. And you nailed it. And that is literally, this is where we start talking about captivating through emotions and the five elements of vocal variety. There is something in the business world that says you got to be loud and fast. You want to get what you want. You got to be loud and fast. So you've got entire people and everybody in the world in business is getting loud and fast. Okay. There are push elements and there are pull elements. And I don't know when the memo went out that said in business, you got to push to get what you want. Okay. They're the weakest tools in the toolbox. The most powerful tools in the toolbox are the ones that say, come here. I need you to come over here. And they're the pull elements that pull me close. And the, and the subconscious processes that 
as I care about you. So what will happen is you get in a boardroom and I remember working with an executive one time and he looked at me as I was working on these pull elements with him. And he said, have you ever been in a boardroom? (laughs) And I said, yeah. And that's why I'm telling you to do this. You're going to change everything. And it literally becomes a game changer because it does break the archetype. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need push, but I'm saying if you hammer at me consistently, one, you are repelling me. You repel me. I'm not going to give you what you want. Two, you have become unpredictable. So when do you need to go to loud and fast? And when do you need to pull me close? Because if you can give me both, I'll give you whatever you want. Oh, this is so fascinating. And it's interesting. So I did an episode a while ago on the benefits of being introverted at work. Mm. And this was based on my own experience of in my career when I did start speaking up more. And I'm fortunate and I love having a career where I'm a lot of the times in the room with senior people. So this was very hard for me to do. But because I had kind of been so quiet for so long, then when I finally did start to share, like everyone would look at me. Everyone would look, and, and I'd almost be like, oh my gosh, like I don't want this many people looking. Like, look away, look away. Yeah. But it was very interesting because I was always like, huh, you know, there's power in the fact that someone isn't always talking. Then when they do share, it's very interesting. And I wonder if that kind of relates to what you're saying a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, you know, that kind of segues a little bit into talking at me and talking to me. The most powerful tool of the five elements of variety, without a doubt, is pause when you're saying nothing. So you're absolutely on to something. If I am constantly talking at you, pushing at you, telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you, well, one, you've repelled me to the point of, I don't even want to listen to you anymore. But I want to tell you a secret about that too. Sometimes that's a mask. And sometimes that is just a way to cover up. I'm actually as insecure as you are. So that can be a go-to. For, you know, that can be a mask, but it is definitely a go-to. But the most powerful tool is pause. The, you want to know what the weakest tool is? Yeah. Loud. And yet, what does everybody do? I need you to listen to me. I need you to listen to me. Change that Monday morning to, I need you to listen to me. And watch what happens. Wow. I can feel it just listening to you. And literally feel it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Literally repels or pulls close. And you need them both. You know, I'm not saying do one or the other, but that's when this stuff gets really fun is when we can roll in the five elements and then you can become the conductor of the orchestra. So now you can control the conversation. You don't have to drive to the outcome anymore. You're going to get the outcome. We tend to drive to the outcome. That's why people are loud and fast. I'm pushing to the outcome. I got to get what I want. You learn to control the conversation. You don't ever have to worry about the outcome. You're going to get it because you have now made me feel. That's so interesting. It's like you're luring people in. Totally. That's what I call it. I call it the real in. Reel me in. If you, you know, I, I teach my people, I want my people to have literally have people leaning in literally leaning in, creating that unpredictability. I call it the journey. Science has has proven to us that data words is not going to make us feel. It's what we do with those words. We need the words, no doubt. I have a saying, the words are everything and they're nothing. It's how you make me feel with them that gives you the power. But it's literally, if I can take that data and touch your senses with it, I'm going to affect your emotions. And when I can affect you emotionally, even if you don't like me, you could still give me what I want because I have affected your emotions. And all of that is literally beyond, you know, goes beyond loud and fast, loud and fast, loud and fast, right? Can you walk us through the five elements that you mentioned, the five elements of vocal variety? Sure. Pause is the most powerful. And I'm not talking pause like when you have to swallow or you have to take in a breath. I'm talking, I really want to set up something in such a way that you're holding your breath to find out what it is. So that's, you know, big, big news. Uh, That's impact statements. That's maybe in selling. 
then there's shades of loud and soft. So sometimes I'm going to be a little louder. Sometimes I need it. Yet sometimes I have to pull you close. Shades of fast and slow. Again, sometimes we need fast. I might need to get you excited. I might need to get you riled up. But other times I need you to hear me. Okay, then there's shades of high and low, which is pitch play or melody, which is where the trust is built. So we want high bits and low bits. And all of this is just bits. You know, you don't want to do everything quiet or everything loud. You want to create that unpredictability. So you just want the bits. And then the last one is elongation. And we want to use that for degrees of feeling. It's like I can say to you, I really like chocolate pie. And you're like, okay, whatever. Or I can say to you, no, I really like chocolate pie. And when I bring it into that realm, what that triggers in you is, oh, yeah, 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 because I really like tacos or whatever it is. Boom. Now, you know, I get you. So we use elongation for shades like horrific, unbelievable, incredible, outstanding. And that's degrees of feeling. Wow. That's so cool. Before, so before we do the closing questions, I usually do a listener question, but I wanted to use this time for you to share tips that the listeners can use, especially for people who are trying to find their voice at work. It could be any tactical tip, but just something that people can use to help them bring that voice out professionally and feel amazing while they do it. Well, there's two. Can I give two? They kind of go together. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Or do you want just one or can I give a couple? Let's do two. No, as many as you want. Oh, okay. Okay. So I think one of the most important things, one, you've got to stay out of the future. You have to stay out of the future. Do you know what they're thinking? You know, like, if, like if I asked you, if you're all panicked about saying what you need to say or putting your voice out there and I popped in, I jumped out of your pocket and I said, do you know that? Did you ask them? I would say, did you ask them? And you would say, well, no. So you don't know there's just as much a chance that they're going to think you're amazing as they're going to think you're not. So stay out of the future. Unless you've asked, unless you've taken a survey that says, do you think I'm going to stink at this? Then you don't know. So you need to stay in the now. And that kind of goes for the past. Don't go to the past. Don't go to that time in 1997 when you got yelled at by your costume design professor. Don't go there, right? Stay in the now boldly own what you have to say. And when I say boldly own what I mean, now I hate that phrase, fake it till you make it. I do not like that phrase at all, but I want you to act as if, act as if and fully commit. I believe in this. I am putting it out there. I am owning it. Even if you're not a hundred percent sure of what we're thinking boldly own it. It's like, even if you don't know the answer, instead of saying, well, well, I mean, uh, I, I don't know, boldly own it. That's an outstanding question. And I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't know the answer, but I'm going to find out and I'm going to report that back to you tomorrow. Thank you for bringing that up. Boldly own. And then I think that the third thing that I would say is Reveal who you really are. You're not doing you or us a favor by trying to be somebody else that you think is better. Every single person on this planet is special and has a purpose and a uniqueness that they bring to the table that nobody else can bring. And the sooner you learn to embrace that and reveal it, the sooner you're going to catapult yourself to the next level. You and your opinion and your interpretation and the way you bring it, that's what we want. And only when you reveal your passion or your frustration or your excitement or your intelligence or whatever it is, only then can we connect to you and know who you really are. That is so beautiful. And I completely agree with that. I think there's kind of this illusion and it actually gets perpetuated in the corporate world that 
like the best version of you is some improved, better version. And like, I think of it the opposite. The best version of you is taking away all the stuff you thought you had to do and be and just being yourself. Like it, it should be easy. It should be natural. And like you said, we all offer something different. I love that. And that's literally what I've heard so many people say to me. They say, you don't really give us anything. You take everything away that we don't need anymore. And that's it. The number of people, and I know you're going to relate to this, the number of people that have sat in front of me and said, yeah, but but that might not be professional if I do that. And I'm like, how's this professional mask working for you? Again, it goes back to this fear of what they're going to think you don't know. But I guarantee you, based on that research that I did with those CEOs, what they want is to have you have a conversation with them and stop trying to be something. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm so in agreement. It's just so interesting how these principles around the voice apply to our entire existence, right? Totally. Like, like, but you said it's the orchestra of the heart. So our voice in a way is encompasses our entire existence in some ways. So it's fascinating. It really does because it's, you know, somebody said to me one time that the voice is that this, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was something about the voice being the wings of the words Mm. and the words are, our very existence. They they express our hopes, our dreams, our ideas, our goals, our frustrations. They are the representative of who we are and everything we believe. And the voice has been given the task of bringing that to life and representing us 100% and who we are and how we feel. And it is only when we can reveal that to the world that we really, really can have that full confidence in who we are. Oh, I love that so much. And it, it can be scary and vulnerable. And I want to also acknowledge that because I think there's just something about being heard. I don't know. It feels so scary, especially if someone's not naturally outspoken. Yeah. It just, it's like, yeah, it's hard. Terrifying. Terrifying. And it was for me too. Those were my greatest lessons, learning to set boundaries and to to set, you know, I mean, that's how I ended up even having, you know, getting to work with voice coaches was, you know, I, I couldn't say no, I couldn't, I couldn't use my voice. And there is so much fear around it. But what I want to assure every listener, and, and I want you to trust me based on having done this 28 years, it is scary, but it is not going to be the disaster that you think it's going to be. It is going to be your ticket to freedom. And so it literally is leap and the net will appear. And that I can promise you, I have not seen it fail yet. We're very in alignment, I think, in how we see the world. And I'm so excited to ask you the closing questions. Before I do, I want to ask you, First of all, where people can find you. And second, what is it like to work with you? Oh, sure. The best place to find me is probably at my website, which is CaptivateTheRoom.com. I am, of course, on all the social media platforms, either at Captivate The Room or Tracy Goodwin. And my podcast is Captivate The Room. When people work with me, it's it's kind of a lot like this interview was. You know, it's I work with people privately and I also work with people in a small group. And it's literally teaching the individual to the individual within the group. The first thing I do is I tell you everything I hear because I can hear it and I can tell you how it's being processed and why it needs to be shifted. So, you know, you use the lilt for an example. If somebody has a, a little uptick, you know, I'm going to talk about that and how it's being processed. We're going to talk a little bit about the internal story first. What are those drivers? What are those fears? What are those, you know, those thoughts that you're having? What is driving this? And then we're going to go to work with the muscle memory. I always take on the biggest issue first and we're going to get your sound unstuck. We're going to work on foundation, sound being unstuck, getting you connected to the breath, finding that real most powerful voice. And then we move into flare. And we're going to move into those five elements, and I'm going to teach you how to conduct that orchestra. doesn't take long. I don't work with people for longer than two months at a time, but we can literally re- start rewriting a voice in a week. It's, it fl- you can flip muscle memory in about six to eight weeks. So that's how, that's how people work with me. Oh, this is amazing. I'm so fascinated by it. So fascinated. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I have to pinch myself most days to say, you know, I can't believe I get to do this for a living. I really it's very can't. Special. It's yeah. very special. Yeah. And now I get to ask you my closing questions, which I'm so excited to ask you. So the first of the closing questions is about the title of the show, which is The Art of Speaking Up. So I always ask every guest at the end of the interview to share what speaking up means to them and why it's important. Owning your truth and putting it out into the world with no regrets, no fear. And I believe that that is crucial to every single person alive because every voice matters. And for the final question, some context for the final question is I started this show because when I was starting my career, I had a very difficult time. I didn't have mentors and I was struggling with confidence and I just felt very alone and very stuck. And I started this show to speak to women, anyone who might be feeling that way or having a difficult time or just looking to feel empowered. And so I always offer this last space to the guests to share whatever they would want to share with women to help them through something tough or just make them see that anything is possible for them. Well, you just said it. Anything is possible if you believe. And I think that you know, I'm going to kind of link this back to the thing that that I said when you asked me what I was working on. I do believe that every single person has merit and worth, and I do believe that we are insanely hard on ourselves, and I think that we have to change the bar of expectation that is oftentimes so incredibly unrealistic and start asking the question, did I do it better today than I did yesterday? And I think we also need to start moving. You know, I want to encourage women to stop moving out of, did I get it right? Did I get it wrong? Did I do it good? Did I do it bad? I want, I want women to know that a whole lot of what they go through, really, especially in, in relation to voice, really and truly was established in society with no regard for them. And, and what I mean by that is that some of the things that you're struggling with are not about you. They're about the way the world set things up. And so I want you to know that really your power and your confidence really does come in your uniqueness and the best revelation of you. So stop trying to get it right according to what they say is right. Because in my opinion, they're wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, just like loud and fast. Who said that's who said that's the best way? What is the best way for you? And I want to inspire you to start taking those little teeny tiny steps every day to reveal the best version of who you are. Because only you can do that. Thank you so much, Tracy. This was amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. I just, I love the show and I love what you're doing. I think it's so, so important and powerful. And I've just really enjoyed being here today. Tracy Goodwin is amazing. Her message and her philosophies and everything she shared just resonated with me on such a deep level. And it was so helpful for thinking about how to improve my voice and all of our voices. But there's also so much of what she said that just applies to life. And it makes so much sense because our whole philosophy is that the voice is kind of an expression of who we are. So when we don't feel strong and aligned in who we are, it reflects in the voice. And it was so helpful for me. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I loved talking with her. I'm going to link her website and her podcast and her information in the show notes in case you want to check her out. I will certainly be following her work because I've never really seen anything like it. And I think it's so powerful for us to figure out how do we show up feeling good and strong and authentic and doing it in a way that feels aligned with who we are. 
So I hope you got as much value out of this conversation as I know I did. And if you are loving the show, if you're enjoying the show, please let me know. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is The Art of Speaking Up. I love hearing from you, even if you just message me to say hello. It is so awesome to hear how you're doing and how you're enjoying the show. And if you really love the show and you want to make me squeal in delight, then please leave a review for the show in the iTunes store. You just search the show and then scroll to the bottom and you can give it a star rating. And if you want, you can also write a review. I appreciate those so much. They mean the world to me. You mean the world to me. Thank you for listening. I can't wait to catch you in the next episode. And in the meantime, hope you're doing amazing. Catch you soon. Bye.